The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Coming Book Chronicles. <laughs> I am your host, Rydercat, and you can find me at Rydercat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter. You can find me at CBCaps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. And, excuse me, um, the sound effects you heard come from none other than our man in Brooklyn, one agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? Co-hosting from the borough of Kings as always. What's going on? And you can find this here podcast on your podcast perusal place of choice. Well, I'm sorry. I did it again this week. Skipping it. You can find this on the Coastal Podcast Network. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. And now you can find us on your other podcast perusal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Make sure to hit like and subscribe and leave us all the five-star positive reviews. Yeah. Uh, you can also find us recording every Thursday night mostly, um, which I, um, I... This is probably the, the time not to ask, but I don't know if you confirmed your uh, the movie, the next uh, movie protocol. Oh, I have not. Oh, okay. Not yet, but it's because it's spring break, and that is throwing some... Uh, wrenches into quite a few things around here at the Comic Book Chronicles. That's a little bit of the behind the scenes stuff here, folks. Just a little bit, but that'll be something for another time. Um, but yeah, um, twitch.tv slash uh, uh, Comic Book Chronicles and youtube.com slash The Click Nation is where we record every week. Make sure to hit like and subscribe and hit the notification button so that you know when we are on. Yeah. Well, folks, before we get into the books of the week, as we uh, tend to do, we're going to get into the live action stuff, uh, of which is um, uh, we're, we're we're down one show, but uh, still not lacking in um, in good entertainment. Let's say uh, we're going to start off with uh, the Mandalorian. Uh, I believe it's you know what I should I. I did look this up, but um, let me confirm something real quick while I'm doing that. Do, 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 do. Sorry. Uh, Mandalorian Season 3, uh, Episode 6, uh, I know for a fact is the case. 
Uh, it is chapter 22, not 20, as I had it written down. There we go. And it's, which is called Guns for Hire. I wish I had a good, the bad, and the ugly music queued up for this because there are definite uh, Western overtones to parts of this, and there are some really wild overtones from other parts of pop culture leaking into the Mandalorian in this episode. And I will let Roddy Cat expound on that. Yes. So I'll, um, uh, I am going to go into my notes and pretty much say it, and re- say it like this. Um, without spoilers, a side trip through Epcot Center turns into an episode of Law and Order in, in, in a very humorous way. You could almost pretty much hear the at, at various Kinda. points. It, Kinda. It, it, it. I was actually laughing out loud when, it, when, when as this as that part of the show was uh, kind of going on, which was pretty much the, the main middle part of it. Um, so, but like I said, we don't we don't got to get into it. And there's some some folks that show up uh, in, in the course of this, which we will not spoil. Yeah, no, there's uh, some even, serious, like, star power cameo appearances in this particular Mandalorian episode. Much, like, much, so much so that, you know, your, 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 your suspension of disbelief <laughs> is completely suspended. Yes, that, that is... You know, you're is. like, wait, 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 you know, uh, I, I, uh, you know, there's all, so, there are all sorts of reactions that I had from... To Ooh, I'm dying! all the way to what? To what you talking about? And then <laughs> these are things that make you say all of those, all of those, folks. I had all of those. Oh boy, it was all I'm going to say is it was regardless of all of that or. I guess thanks to all of that, it was a pretty no, fun. No, I was about to say counting all of that. Right. That's what it is. Yeah, right. exactly. Counting and including all of those reactions. Right. It was a pretty fun episode, um, and hopefully, you, unlike myself, did not get spoiled on who shows up in the thing. But also, what, what I was about to say though is, like a a good episode of Law and Order, you you know you're kind of surprised as to who might show up in what capacity. Uh. In, in cases, and this is kind of one of those cases. Like I said, it it was it was it was amusing because of the fact it was like, wait, this is this is the Mandalorian, and while the Book of Boba Fett and a couple of times the Mandalorian got a little silly, looking at you, Space Vespas, which I think they did kind of reference in this thing. Uh, uh, I will say that, um, you know, I, those wasn't as weren't as fun. As this episode, I thought like it was like regardless of what we was not, was giving in you know in addition to what we were saying to 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 uh, reactions aside, this this uh yeah this um this episode was was pretty fun. Like I said, hopefully you didn't get spoiled by by who sh- who shows up in it, but um yeah, hopefully you will have enjoyed it, enjoy it. Like uh apparently the people who chose to spoil it yesterday uh when after right after it came out chose to do which as i said on twitter need their fingers cut off and the tongues cut out but you know do i mean that actually who knows <laughs> but uh you know take it for what it is so there's no 
people, the thing just came out, just like with the Star Trek record. You know, you can wait a couple of days before you spoil it just because you want to get ahead of the, the people in the news or you're just that, quote unquote, you know, excited about it. It's, give some people time. You know, it's just ridiculous. Anywho, I don't know if Agent 70 has uh, got anything else to say about the uh, the episode. I had some struggles with it. Okay. Because of the, 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 the suspension of my suspension of disbelief. <laughs> and then we get to the end where what we thought was going to happen actually happened with the Darksaber. And it seems like okay you know i you know when i let when 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 i when when the episode ended i was kind of like uh again these are things that make you say i honestly was saying hmm at the end of the episode so yeah. i will leave it at that i'm not going to, we're not going to spoil it and get into the critique and damn it they scored um oh. ultimately <laughs> You know, folks. You know, we're always multitasking here on the Comic Chronicles. Oh, he is. You know, I'm, I'm fine. I, I literally, I, you know, I have a hockey game on. My phone is in my hand because I'm chatting, and I am running the show on the sound effect side. So, but bottom line here is, I guess, you know, my my my, my opinion of this episode is colored by hearing other people's critique of it. But I felt like my critiques were solidly uh, the same ones that most of them had, which is the ending left me, you know, scratching my head and saying, hmm. And the whole middle part, you know, was just why, you know, like, you know, cue up Mindy again. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what, you know, I I was kind of left like just just not – it's hard to explain how awkward my viewing of this was like the ups and downs. It just left me. And it's not Bryce Dallas Howard's direction. It's the script. It's Favreau's script. He's going in like a million directions in this episode. Hmm. Okay. So interestingly enough, and possibly not that big of a surprise, while I had a couple of similar issues with it, I didn't really brush on it that much because of the fact that this is matter of fact, hell last week's, what was it last week's or week before last uh, episode kind of did a similar thing in a way in that we started off with one thing. Well, actually this actually is different because in that situation we started on one thing, went a whole totally different direction and then happened to touch back on it um, at the end of it. This kind of did that except for the fact that, it started, kind of went the whole direction and then just tied it into a, a different direction, which I was not actually surprised that was happening. Because the, the the one thing that I said coming out of it, it was like, wow, that second episode did a lot of heavy lifting. Yeah. Um, uh, and the, and I'm, I'm, talk, I'm speaking about the second uh, uh, episode of this season, this season three. So if you remember what goes on in that episode and I guess the number of times that it's popped back up <laughs> since then. Definitely. And definitely reasons why definitely. it's popped back up in, in, in this and then you'll know what I'm talking about. Right. And and we are also, you know, uh, the the consequential episode that involved the visit back to Mandalore. We all knew it was going to be 
consequential, but just how consequential? Because it's that first exploratory uh, uh, visit that Din and R4 is R4, right? Yes. Right. That, that Din and R4 make, and you know, Din Grogu and R4 that is make. Uh, you know that that carries a lot. That little like kind of side mission that they had there carries a lot of weight in the story. Right, which is the episodes, yeah, the episodes I was I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. I guess technically that was, that was a two part. Of the, the, that was like episodes two and three, but still. You know. Yeah, that's what I was. I was going to say. I'm like, it, it, it's really, it, it's you know, but 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 overall, that carries so much weight right. in this right now. So. so. So, but yeah, it actually yeah. I guess three is the three is the one in that. That's one really what I was kind of getting. At. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, is the one that kind of carries the whole thing, like like we both were saying. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah I mean, three is like right. the second half of the visit, right. but like you know, it carries so much of it. So right. But in and, any event, right. And you know, it gets referenced back. Right. Right. There's gonna be some some polarizing views on this. Uh, you know, some polarizing takes on this uh, episode because I think for some it's coloring their view of the entire series to this point. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let, let let this one breathe, you know, see where it shakes out. You may want to watch it again. I may want to watch this again just to see if my viewpoint changes on a second viewing. Honestly, I will probably watch it again and I will, because despite everything, like I said, I would watch a whole ass series about the the middle section of this uh, episode. I mean, yeah, about the middle the, the the main part of this episode. And like I said, we've already given hints to kind of how it plays out in, in the way it kind of plays out. So we won't we won't go back on that. But I would watch that. I would absolutely positively watch that. So because it was just that it was just that fun. It was also just that by the numbers, but also but but pretty much. Um, it was it was it was fun for that. So that being said, though, um, we can uh, if uh, if we have nothing else on it, we can push on to uh, Star Trek Picard. Yeah, please. All right, Star Trek Picard, uh, season three, episode. Let me pull this up real quick. Uh, episode eight, called Surrender, is what we're talking about now. Yes, and um, the episode title is apt because mm-hmm. there is definitely uh, that that is definitely the theme of this episode. Uh, I honestly wanted to uh, message Roddy Cat and complain <laughs> that they were going to kill the Asian brother, but then they didn't. But yeah. they killed the Asian stand-in. Because we all know that's what Vulcans are. I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, you're not. You're, well, I mean, look, look. We, you know. <laughs> it's long, long's been th- um, theorized that Klingons are the black people and 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 Vulcans are the, are the Asians. So no, I, I I'm with you on that. I am absolutely with you on that. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so that's that's no. So no, you you go right on here with that. <laughs> but um. I and I thought that same thing as you were going through because like yeah they look like it but it was also like nah shit that's the I it's going to be some kind of like it's not it's not necessarily going to be that but probably going to come back to it and sure enough that's exactly what happened. Um, but yeah. I laughed. I definitely yeah. laughed. I was like really, yeah. 
because I was like, okay, this character seems seems enough of a, a, a of a, a a a person who kind of likes to shake it up. Just like, yeah, it's not going to go d- d- directly how this uh, how it seems like this plays off. And, uh, and sure enough, there you go. But that being said. Um, there's an interesting tie, and I'm just, and I'm not gonna give it away. And I'll tell the, uh, if if eight and seven eight didn't pick it up, and it was kind of slight, so it probably wouldn't have. There's actually a interesting uh, tie to both this week's uh, Star Trek Picard and The Mandalorian. Actually, okay. It, it kind of in a couple of the ways. One we talked about before the show because of something a, a character is holding looks like a, a a thing in the Star Wars universe. But also there's something else. But like I said, I will uh, I, I will I will if I if I remember I will talk about that. Um, uh, it's not that big of a thing, but I, like I said, it, the, the episode just came out today, and uh, as of recording, so it's you know, given what we just said about spoilers, I don't want to kind of give too much of anything you know, away. But, um, I think we can safely say the, 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 the whole getting the band back together, uh, part of this season is, uh, is complete. yes, has been completed. They even had a sit down at a, at a, at a table. Yeah. No, no, sadly, no, um, no cards being dealt, but you know, maybe, maybe hopefully they'll have time for that in the next couple of issues, episodes. But yeah, it it, it was good. It continues to be good to see everybody, and there is still that that thing that I was worried about last week because it was still I, I don't know. The season as a whole can still feels kind of tense to me because you never know. It's like okay, will something happen to any of the any of the um the you know the the TNG crew? Like is somebody going to make a sacrifice? We've already seen some things happen. We've seen a couple of we've seen a a. Well, it's not necessarily a deep cut, but we saw a, a reference uh, in, in this episode to something I didn't expect them to to uh, or someone that didn't they, I, I didn't expect them to reference. But uh, nevertheless, it was all there. And uh, yeah, like I said, this, this episode was kind of nice and tense and and still good, even when they gave you uh, a chance to breathe at the end of it, or at least partially at the end of it, because they still they still left us with something that's kind of that's going to be dealt with uh, in the next couple of ish, uh, episodes. And I felt like they didn't really do the thing that they, uh, that they had kind of thought that people thought they were going to do coming out of the last one. I'll say that much. Right. So, but yeah, whenever you get it, you know, hopefully if you're watching this, you get a chance to watch it. You'll, you'll see what we're talking about uh, really quick. Actually, there's also, I was about to say, there's also oh, yeah. more Star Trek Stranger Things at the end. <laughs> Roddy Cat doesn't necessarily doesn't necessarily get the reference because he has not watched Stranger Things. Well, as but I said for before, all of those who have, mm-hmm. you will definitely feel, you know, you felt it this entire season, but at the end of this, you definitely feel it again. Right. Well, as as I've said before, like, yes, I know enough about it to get that reference, Big, but yeah. even though I haven't seen the show, because I've seen people talk about that, the the or the ACMs or thing about it, but apparently, yeah. also, uh, as uh, I've seen in a couple of places, Terry Metalis, which I believe is the showrunner of the show, worked on uh, Twelve Monkeys, and we know Shaw 
and a couple other people uh, that that's been on the show is uh, um, also was on that show. And I'm only saying that because some of that also has similarities to apparently stuff that was in that show that apparently, um, or at least recording from, from what I've seen around the internet, like, yeah, you might think it's going to go one way, but it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it ended up not being the case, almost like a, a lost situation, I guess also in the same, similarly, but, okay. um, but yeah, so I guess I'm expecting some more, some stuff like that. Cause I've never actually watched the Troll 12 monkeys show because it was on sci-fi and well, it was on sci-fi and even though I had sci-fi at the time, I still never watched it because I didn't really care that much about 12 monkeys, but no, I've never watched that. 12 monkeys either. So right. couldn't tell you. Yeah, so from, from what I'm seeing around, it's like, yeah, there there might be some of that kind of going on, especially with that thing that you're referencing that is of a similar nature. Yep, there it is. All right, um, but yeah, folks, that's that's pretty much that for the uh, for the uh, for the live action stuff. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Benji Games too, and thank him. Just gave a uh, who says how's it going tonight? We're doing all right, and gave a what's going gave, on. Um, Gave said gave a podcast to follow, so thank you. I'm not sure where you gave the podcast follow at, and hopefully, the um, the stuff is um, getting updated properly because I know we're still having issues with Spotify. Yes. So, but thank you, nonetheless. So we we still got to get that thing straightened out if we even can. But, yeah, um, I mean, ultimately, I think the you know the the iTunes feed, the Apple Podcast that is feed uh, is correct. And updates fairly, you know, fairly quickly once our episode does go up. So yeah, I think you know. uh, anything that is based off of the, uh, the Apple podcast feed uh, is pretty reliable. Right. And uh, going, going direct to the site, you know, wouldn't hurt either. Either way. Exactly. So exactly. that being said, we're going to push on to, and I sort of forgot to get, get timestamps for this, but that's fine. Um, we're going to get into the books of the week, starting off with a little bit of spider corner, Spider-Man's corner. Yes, we are in the spider corner proper this week. First up, I think we said we we're going to start off with Spider-Man number seven. It's the mm. end of the Spider-Verse written by Dan Slott. With pencils by Mark Bagley, inks by John Dell and Andrew Hennessy, colors by Edgar Delgado, and letters by our favorite lettering Python, who literally, who literally, there, there's Rob Lowe, who literally lettered three books of the four that I read this week. Very, our very own favorite lettering Python, VCs Joe Caramagna. So. As I said, this is the, quote, end of the Spider-Verse, and that's not exactly what happens. But what we do get is a resolution to this uh, seven-issue arc. Yes. Guess what? You can tell an actual story in seven issues and reveal everything that needs to be revealed, but still tease you know, future events and future things that need to be revealed. And, and that's exactly what happens. Exactly. Here. I was about to say that, you know, uh, the cover, if you're watching the video version, uh, the cover that I have up, I actually almost put up the other, one of the other covers, which, which probably would have been a spoiler, but, um, uh, yeah, this don't, don't be fooled by this cover <laughs> that, that is up on your screen, which is the, uh, the a cover. So, 
Yes, there, it is definitely. Um, it was a fast-paced book issue, I will say, um, because we kind of you know it's like you know went from beat to beat to beat, but it was also kind of cleanup. You know, it was kind of one of those. It's not necessarily epilogue type cleanup, but kind of was. Because it was like, well, this thing happened, and then from that, this, 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 and this, this happened, and some things got resolved, uh, or a lot of things got resolved in, from the, um, from the, uh, from this arc, uh, and as Agent Seventy said, kind of brings us into a m- new kind of sort of mystery that, to me, likens to recent uh, recent volume of Batman Superman, uh, World's Finest. And if you read that book, you may or may not know what I'm talking about, even though that the uh, the arc has just changed from that. Uh, but um, yeah, I'm slightly curious about what they're what they're doing with this, um, or not what they're doing with this. We know clearly what they're doing with this, but where this is going to go. Right. But you know, you know, I right. would like to very quick. That... Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was about to say, I would like to believe that they're not they're not pretty much aping the distinguished competition in a way, but uh, and sometimes that thing does happen. Gotcha. What I was going to add is that interestingly, interestingly, I thought that this version or this volume of the adjectiveless Spider-Man book was a, was going to end with the end of the end of the Spider-Verse story. Mm-hmm. That may not be the case because there is a next issue that is teased at the end of this issue. We don't know if that's like an epilogue to this end of Spider-Verse story. We don't know if this is going to continue as an ongoing book. We shall see how long this goes. But I guess I was mistaken. I, I would, yes, we scored. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, tie game. Um, I would go so far as to say well, I think we both were. And also, I don't think either one of us actually checked the solicits. I think what I've come to be spoiled by is Comic List. Comic List does not reflect that this is a, a limited series. So I'm just going to, you know, move forward with the understanding that this is an ongoing series and they're going to be telling other Spider Man stories uh, in parallel to. What's going on in Amazing, and we'll you know bridge over to that very soon, right? Or either that is one of those twelve issue maxi series. But again, we don't. I don't recall even when we talked about this book being a thing that it said either way. So right. yeah, like I said, we're just kind of here, like Agent Seventy said, for the ride until they till whatever happens happens and keeps going or exactly. it ends. Right? They might just tell us that it's going to end at 12, with twelve issues, right? You Which know? is actually kind of funny because, I, well, slightly funny because uh, I was looking up the 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 covers for the book as I do each week and you mentioned comic book list I, I usually go through uh, previews world which is I guess this diamond uh, the listing for fables has um, uh, has has like you know issue whatever it is of whatever it's going to be so apparently fables must be ending again or ending period right 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 I know that fables you know came back Right. After a long hiatus, so mm-hmm. so I thought that was kind of funny. I was like, "Huh, that's that, that's the first time I've seen what that for a long running book." Even though, like you said, it, it did go on hiatus for a good long while. So, 
Right. Anyway, right. Uh, we're going to push on to the next book, in which is also in the Spider Corner with Amazing Spider-Man number 23. Yeah, so Amazing Spider-Man number 23 is the Spider-Man book that we have a very complicated relationship with. <laughs> it's written by Zeb Wells with pencils by John Romita Jr., inks by Scott Hanna, colors by Marcio Meniz, and again, as I said, letters by our favorite lettering python, VC's Joe Caramagna. So, complicated relationship. That That is probably the kindest way we can describe how we are working and dealing with this book right now. We are 23 issues in, and we are just now finding out about what happened to put Peter Parker and Spider-Man on everybody's poo-poo list. That's the nice way of saying it. So a lot of last issue and this issue uh, blends together to create a better understanding of what happens. Even though we understand why it happens and how it happens, it makes less sense to me than it might to others. Simply because characters that we know can be prone to acting rashly seem to act rashly times a billion. And it's just, you know, it, 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 it makes no sense. But, you know, storytelling right yeah we were talking before the show uh, uh, uh about this as we tend to do and it was like okay we uh, essentially yes we're getting what we've what we've been wanting this whole time so and even though as i said i think the last time we talked about this book it's like i'm not sure if i want to know anymore <laughs> based off that last issue but i'm glad we're getting this because it's filling in the blanks but also as they just said, says like, yeah, some of it, some of the rationales is not making a whole lot of sense. Like I'm getting it for mm. the, the, for the, for the, for the course of the story. But as far as what we know, the character to be like, yeah, that's taking a little too much. Like that's amping it up a little too much and which takes it into the realm of not making much sense. Right. So, you know, we, we, we're, we're pretty much, we're, and I get, and there's still a little bit more to go because like, I know, uh, I guess the next uh, issue is going to kind of fill out, I guess. Right. It's supposed to be over 20. It. It's supposed to culminate in the 25th issue. Right. That's my understanding. So we are two issues away to, to, from really seeing like the final impact right. of all of these events and how they loop back to where we started this weird journey with Zeb Wells's run on Spider-Man. And also, I guess we're... So the one main thing that I know Agent 70 and I both wanted the answer to, and they still haven't done that yet, but we're seeing the seeds of how things... The one thing that we wanted the answer to is ends up being the thing. Right. So, you know, it won't take much to if you especially if you read last issue to kind of go, you know, one plus one on that one and and make it out. Um, 
they're still not answering one little bit of uh, uh, of a question that may or may not have anything to do with this that that has come up recently during that whole um, Inferno remake business or or, or or that whole Inferno business, dark web business. Excuse me, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, dark web. Oh yeah, God. Um, I've already pushed that well out of my mind. Yeah, I know. Uh, but like I said, there's there's one thing that that's still actually, and I think that. I want to say that many that many series is still going with Black Hat and uh, Mary Jane. I think it still has one more issue. Uh, I I think. Yes, it does actually. Not a thing because I just remember where they ended off on that book. So yeah, that that's still a thing and still going to be with us whenever that that's that particular. But regardless, that's that that'll maybe answer the question that I'm looking for in that respect with the same character that I have that I'm kind of teasing ground right now. Um. Yeah, we we got two more issues of this, and maybe it all makes sense at, at that point. Maybe we'll still be like, okay, what's the point? Possibly, possibly. That's that's always a possibility with these things nowadays. It's kind of sad. Yeah, but I'm glad we're I'm glad we're finally getting the answers. I'm just I'm just twenty three uh, issues in, folks. Right. I'm just like, okay, did did you? Maybe something out of the, the coming out of these last year is going to be like, this is the reason why we had to do it. And I know in storytelling, there's reasons why they do that. I get that. I, you know, I, I know enough about the writing process to to get that point. But sometimes you got to you got to kind of uh, have a leg to stand on and, and be able to kind of stick it. So we'll see if that actually happens here. All right, uh, I think we got. We can uh, do one more bit before we uh, rapid fire this one, and seeing what you have and I have. Nope, we're just gonna go to rapid fire. <laughs> yeah, rapid fire because I only have two books left, and the Rangers just lost because three on three hockey in overtime is just annoying. And that, so and, you know, neither one of us spin it up before Roddy Cat makes a reference to sport ball, and this involves a puck on ice <laughs> actually i wasn't going to i was just going to i was just going to say that we don't have anything else in common so yeah <laughs> i ain't got time to bleed first Although, up is captain america sentinel of liberty number 11 it's written by jackson Lansing and colin kelly former guests of the comic book chronicles the art is by carmen carnero Colors are by Nolan Woodard, and letters are by, again, our favorite lettering Paisan, VC's Joe Caramagna. In this issue, we reach the climax of this opening salvo with the, uh, you know, with, 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 with this outer circle stuff kind of playing out with Bucky still being, you know, on the inside, helping out the good guys, but maybe going bad. We'll see how that all plays out. Uh, the new supporting cast that Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly have established for Cap, uh, the civilian supporting cast, as well as this um, supporting cast made up of uh, characters from Cap's uh, old history and relatively recent history, are all coming together. Uh, as the result of this adventure and the issue ends on a cliffhanger with the reintroduction of a character that, you know, it should not come as a surprise to anyone who's been following the twin cap books, the Sam Wilson and Steve Rogers cap books, B 
because this character has played a role in the Sam Wilson book and is now crossing over into the Sentinel of Liberty Steve Rogers book. So that's where this issue ends off. And Cold War is getting ready to kick off in the Captain America books. Finally, for me, is Immoral X-Men number three. It's written by Kieran Gillen, with art by Alessandro Vitti, colors by Rain Barreto, and letters by VC's Clayton Cowell. So we're in the latest chapter of the Sins of Sinister storyline. And if you enjoy seeing Sinister kind of get his comeuppance a, a little bit at a time, that's what you're getting here. Because all of his plans have gone awry. He's doing his best to try to reset uh, the timeline by, you know, uh, finding uh, a Moira that he can, you know, uh, that he can utilize. And that's about as much as I'll tell you because it is a whole bunch of convoluted gobbledygook. It's not Hickman mumbo jumbo. It's more like Gillen. I got to come up with a good term. Because... There is a lot of not exactly alternate reality shaping here because right now we're dealing with the reality as it is in the event that Sinister actually succeeded with his plans. So, um, you know, Hickman uh, established this particular uh, route of storytelling with the whole Moira thing. I think I don't know if this is the interpretation he intended, but maybe it is. You know, of uh, of the way uh, uh, Moira resets the timeline every time she died, right back in Hawksbox. So ultimately, uh, I didn't I didn't exactly interpret it back then that way, but maybe my interpretation is changing along with this, you know, new look at uh, the way Moira is being utilized in the Sins of Sinister story. Um, but ultimately. You know, this this story has really nice visuals supplied by Vidi. Um, is it confusing? Yeah, they're not the X-Men, you know, but it's kind of cool to see them be twisted by the sins of Sinister, you know, quite literally. So uh, if you are interested to see how these characters can be, uh, you know, the, how the dark side of these characters can be brought out, uh, you know, based on the influence of a, of a, of a playing card, uh, 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 house on their head, then, you know, see, you know, the, this, the mileage on this may be very good for you. And that's it for me. Okay. Um, I was going to say, if we ever get, um, Lansing and Kelly back on the show because they have been on the show before. I really want to ask them if they've ever played uh, Metal Gear Solid because I feel like because I think if we've said it before, it's like yeah, some of the stuff they're doing seems like seems like some Metal Gear types types type stuff going on. So uh, even though I haven't watched the, uh, read this issue yet, that being said, though, let's me get uh, my books out of the way. Starting with. Star Wars number 33. I had to actually look up a couple of things. It was like, wait, my notes are slightly off. Um, Star Wars number 33, which is written by Charles Soule, art by Matabek Musabekov. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that name somewhat right. Uh, colors by Rachel Rosenberg and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. 
So I'm just going to say that um, uh, there's still, well, the whole no space situation is resolved in this issue. Uh, Luke has his Ray moment as I was trying to find a, a, a different way to uh, to uh, express something that I have in my notes. Um, and also, you know, starts up, um, I guess, a, a question and another meeting for him with a character who just wants to get to know him, I guess. <laughs> and mm-hmm. also... This seems to well, certain things don't 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 change because you know Leia is going to be Leia, and so it's like there's always the next mission uh, type situation. But it also seems like there may be a continuance of a budding um, relationship that was not known previously to this book that might be flowering. I guess. Um which I guess is kind of interesting, but you know I'm not sure what what what, what Souls plans to do with that, if anything. So there is that. Uh, next book, Magic: The Gathering, number twenty five. Dun, 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 dun. There we go. Written by Rich Dueck and Jed McKay, illustrated by French Carlo Magno, Magno and Roberta in Granada. Uh, colors by Mattia Iconia, Icono, excuse me, or Iacono, I guess that's what that is, sorry, excuse me if I butchered your name, and Ariana Consani, and letters by Ed Dukeshire. So, this is also one of those, um, okay, everything, this, this book kind of goes fast in that, well, here's this battle, here's help, there's a kind of an in-game, uh, an actual uh, Avengers in-game moment, that kind of happens uh, during the course of this book that goes towards uh, tying the bow uh, to what's been going on in the last few is- issues. Um, and I guess we got a slight little almost epilogue type situation going on that was tying up another thing that was uh, kind of coming out of uh, the last arc or two uh, of this. But at the end, we may have also, once again, kind of sowed the seeds for something else uh, to come to happen with a couple of, with the the sibling of a character uh, in this book. I know this is quite vague in this, but if you're, and you don't know, unless you're reading this book, you may not know who in the world I'm talking about. But nevertheless, if you are, you should. It's a pretty good book if you like the, the, the Magic the Gathering uh, universe, you know. I don't want to say it plays fast and loose with it, but uh, it, it, it is a, a quickly paced book and read. Uh, the next up. <coughs> Excuse me. Bless you. I didn't get to the mute buttons fast enough. You just reminded me I need to go ahead and um, get my um, cough button. So but what, that's going to happen soon. Star Trek. Uh, to to, kind of cap off the the Wars Trek thing. Um, Star Wars, Deep Space Nine, The Dog of War, one of five. 
as I just found out, which I do, which is which is what I was looking for. It's written by Mike Chin with art by Angel Hernandez with colors by Nick uh, Ferlardi and uh, okay, letters by Neil Uitaki. So, if you know anything about uh, myself and uh, also I guess uh, PC and underscore Dirt, which you may if you're a recent. Uh, if you've recently come into the show, you probably don't know who that is, but he's one of our absent co-hosts or former co-hosts, whichever you want to call it. Um, we both love Deep Space Nine. It's fair to say. I think I would just say I might, it might be our favorite trek for both of us. I'm not entirely sure about that. Um, I know uh, Agent 70 has seen uh, uh, all of it. We talked about it before the show. Um, but there is that. So this play takes place in the uh, timeline of Deep Space Nine, as opposed to the Star Trek uh, ongoing, which is going on, which is, takes place after uh, Deep Space Nine. So this takes place, as I was telling Agent Seven before the show, this takes place after, if you know your Deep Space Nine lore, shortly after um, Star, they they take back Deep Space Nine, and I believe lost the Defiant in the process. But that's beside the point. Um, uh, so this this story takes place shortly after that, and involves uh, them kind of taking stock of uh, after you know taking stock after they've retaken the station. But they're still in the midst of the D- Dominion War. They find some Borg tech, and um, I dare say a stowaway in one of the hollow decks, of which becomes property of the um, of the station pretty much as a whole although cork has kind of cork has a a a, a stake i guess uh, into it because of that but it is is a very it's the start of a cute kind of a cute story that is set in the um the 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 trek universe that may kind of remind you of another um anime uh, that has been turned into a live action thing that was not well received and not well done. Um, if you're seeing the cover, I mean, if you're watching the video version, you can see the cover and you can see the uh, the titled dog in question, which, yes, definitely looked like a similar dog from a, from a popular anime. They even go so far, at least I'm thinking, makes what I believe to be a reference to that said anime in a, in a way kind of in reference to that dog. Uh, and the dog even kind of acts like the similar dog from that anime. So is it a chainsaw? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> not, not that animated, but that would be something. Well, actually we don't know that could, that, that could very well happen. <laughs> that could very well happen in the course of this, um, with what they put, what potentially could be setting up with this. um, but nevertheless, it was a, a pretty good start to this. And like I said, it, it is uh, uh, issue one of five, as I've found out. So um, I'm looking forward to see how, um, how this continues. Uh, next up for myself is Scarlet Witch number four, which I can't remember if Agent 70 was actually going to read or not. Or still reading or not. I think I'm two issues behind now. Okay, well, we won't get too much far. Okay, no, so I was about to say spoiler, spoiler away because I'll end up catching up. Nah, it was well, not really that much a spoiler because I think you're getting to the point where it kind of 
whatever. But written by Steve Orlando, art by Sarah Pacelli, inconsist by Elisabetta D'Amico, colors by Matthew Wilson, and letters by VCs Corey Pettit. So, um, we know at the start of this book, Darcy uh, of MCU fame, um, uh, I guess was introduced in the book because I don't recall her coming up anywhere else in any other issues that we've read of anything. So I think this is pretty much where she's making her comic book debut, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Um, that being said, she kind of came into the book under not necessarily questionable um, concerns because she pretty much like other people that have been coming coming into the book came through the door that Wanda has set up uh, to kind of help people when they have no help, uh, you know, when they have no further help. Now, she helped um, Wanda start up this bookstore and all that stuff, but we never really got her story. Well, this issue and the last issue, well, the end of last issue and pretty much this issue specifically, we are getting into that story as to um, why she is here. I make a joke in my um, in, in my notes that a DC pair uh, a DC character has transcended o- over to the competition, which is not entirely true because I believe that the, a similar character has uh, existed, may or may not have this existed in the Marvel universe in some way, shape, or form, but I don't remember if that's the case. But regardless, um, this is Wanda kind of. Um, going to bat for for Darcy um, and also we're getting the story of what what actually happened is to to bring Darcy into uh, uh, into into the fold and also they're still dealing with that one little magic rock thing uh, which I guess they're going to get more into at some point uh, which they still hadn't figured out so that's but that's pretty much the crux of this issue because uh, there's definitely be there going to be a round two, and also there's some lottery tickets that were magically handed out during the course of this issue that I, I wish I could get my hands on. And if, and if you know what those lottery tickets are, are, are for, once you read this, you'll understand why. Uh, last but not least is a book I hadn't had a chance to read yet, so I shouldn't technically be bringing it up, but I wanted to bring it up because one, I've I've been enjoying the book up until now and two i wanted to call into the fact that this is the uh the last issue of this book and that is flawed number six which is written by chuck brown art by Prenzy, and letters by becca carey from what little i skimmed of it which like i didn't have really have a time to read um this is where it all goes down uh and I'm not sure, like I said, I, having not read it, I'm not sure how it ends or whether it leaves any room for anything to come back to later or this is just going to be like it, it. But this is definitely the end of the miniseries and I'm kind of looking forward to uh, to checking this out because I've been kind of liking it. I would not be totally surprised if they made this in some, some sort of live action thing, even though there's some things in here that's kind of been done before. So, but there is that. And with that, folks, we can go to Clicks of the Week. Clicks of the Week! So we got one from the um, the aforementioned PCN underscore Dirt. And uh, I guess 
it shouldn't be a surprise uh, the way I talked about it. It is Star Trek The Dog of War number one. Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. The Dog of War number one. Thank you yeah. for that. We have to we have to add that part Absolutely. because that does specify exactly which branch of Star Trek we're dealing with. Absolutely. From my end, I'm probably leaning towards Spider-Man number seven. And I think I'll just finalize it right now. Okay. Spider-Man number seven by Dan Slott et al. Because it was a lot of fun mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. because it didn't end where I thought it would end. So uh, you know, I give Slot some kudos for, you know, flipping the concept of end of Spider-Verse on its ear and really just kind of, you know, making us all, you know, eat crow, as it were. <laughs> yes. Yes, we got fed one thing, but uh, we came out with another thing, but it's still some good eating. Yep. So, in this case, uh, I'm giving one of the non-spoilery variant cover well i guess it kind of is for some characters that show up but let's just put it this way everybody shows up in that issue <laughs> yeah um like and i think like i said we do have uh, cross the spider first come up so not surprised but um for myself it's either going to be the, the aforementioned Spider-Man number seven or uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the Dog of War number one, which actually I think I am going to go with. Because um, there's a couple of books I had, as I was telling Agent 70 that I didn't get a chance to read that I'm sure that would have impressed upon me somewhat, but more than these, or at least one of these would have. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, for what I've had a chance to read... Definitely, definitely had some fun with uh, uh, the Deep Space Nine book. And not just because I'm a fan. Uh, so, yeah, that is it, folks. And we did not get anything from Tim because he's busy off doing busy work things. So we're going to push off into the news section. But first, an ad read. Our first ad read of the night is for Wink, the personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From rosé to cabernet to Toronto, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your tastes and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member and you can skip or cancel any time. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off, and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink. That's cspn.us forward slash w-i-n-c. Wink Wines through CSPN. Do it today! And now we get into the news! Oh, I just saw um, that Benji said uh, to you, uh, go Hurricanes. Wait. Wait. (laughs) 
All right, folks. First up, the one the, the thing we've been teasing, uh, teasing and talking about this whole time: Spider Man across the Spider Verse. Actually, I'm going to take the one, two, three, first three. Good, because um, they're all they're all related. So, Spider Man across the Spider Verse trailer has been released. Uh, in fact, not only that, but there was an, also an international trailer that was uh, released, which is slightly different because it has. Um, uh, different voiceover to start off with, uh, that being uh, the three live-action Spider uh, Spider Men. Um, so if you get a chance to catch either one of those, if you haven't, uh, you definitely should. I think the rest. I'm fairly certain that the rest of the um, the rest of the trailer pretty much goes the same way after it gets past the uh, the, uh, the the voiceover in the beginning. But it's out there if you want to check it out, and also. <clears throat> Um, wait, oh, no wonder I had that in there twice. Um, we, uh, in, I guess this is the only kind of sort of spoilerish thing that I will talk about from the trailer in the fact that Iman Vellani was right. Not, well, well, I mean, we knew she was right, but I think she uh, was vindicated, I should say. Why am I saying that? Because... Uh, as Agent 70 has already found out uh, during the course of uh, watching the, the trailer, um, a character pretty much sets the record straight on the MCU Earth Dex designation for, for, the, right. uh, for, the, for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I mean, ultimately, this was always the understanding that most comic book fans had but, but Kevin Feige was trying to make Fetch happen. Right. I know that's a reference to a movie that I have actually never watched. Really? But yeah. <laughs> but ultimately, I know that's a and I know that is a turn of phrase that is popular. Mm-hmm. And yes. Kevin Feige tried and tried and tried to make Fetch happen. And it didn't happen. It didn't take. And now Sony has thrown another uh uh uh, uh another piece of evidence at everyone to, you know, to, to show that maybe just maybe Kevin Feige needs to step back from this one. I, 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 I cannot speak for the man. I want to believe that that was all tongue in cheek, but no, cause they pretty much put it in the movie and I don't, and I'm fairly certain that was, that was, that, that was definitely intentional uh, of what they're trying to lean at. So I'm not even going to give him that one. But but um yeah, but I do like uh the reference to that and in relation to that that happens in this trailer. If you haven't seen it, then you should go go check it out, and you'll definitely know um if you have been keeping up with the, the Spider Man corner of the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, you'll know exactly what and where the the uh, they're they're talking about. Put it that way. And with that, next up. Uh, Marvel Secret Invasion has had a trailer released this past week during ESPN Sunday Night Baseball. So the trailer also uh, revealed the premiere date, which is June 21st on Disney+. Plus. So uh, I actually just watched this for the first time tonight. You know, I had already watched the Spider-Verse trailer the other day, but I did not watch the international one until tonight. 
But the Secret Invasion one, I had not gotten around to watching until tonight, and it proved to be pretty interesting. It looks very down-to-earth. It looks very much, uh, you know, ground-centric, but with scrolls, you know? It's very much based in the real world, but with scrolls. So that's my take on it. Uh, let Roddy Cat give his. Yeah, yeah, no, not really much else to say about that. Um, I, I am curious of the time frame, even though I think we kind of get a sense of that in the trailer, but it was still not really uh, assured. So, um, what, whether that makes any, you know. Never mind what happens in this. Secret Invasion was one of those events. Uh, I think I was not, I'm fairly certain I was not reading um, reading comic books at the time, even though you kind of got, well, fully reading comics, uh, at least not to, to the point that I got back into. So I have ended up reading some stuff that was kind of based around it, but still have not read the actual, um, the event itself and subsequent events that fell out of that. Because uh, I believe there was definitely one. Before, well, it was Civil War before that, in I think, if I'm not mistaken, and then out of that it became Civil, uh, Secret Invasion, and then Dark Invasion, whatever the hell that was with Osborne and whatever. So uh, I'm curious to, to one get a chance to go back and actually try to read that at some point. We're not doing every episodes, but nevertheless, um, there is that. But. Um, Something else I was going to say about this. I can't remember what it is. So it just probably just doesn't, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's good to see old Sam Sam Jack back in the back in the mix again, um, for for his one last fight. And if I remember what else I was going to say about it, then uh, I'm sure I'll bring it back up. Next up, though, um, hey, we know when Ant Man and Wasp: Quantum Mania is going to be released uh, on digital and Blu-ray, uh, and that is going to be. Digitally on April 18th, which is soon, and uh, physically on May 16th. So, there you go. There's, there's an article here with a list of special features and extras and that um, that are listed here and some that are going to be said at a, uh, a later date. But, nevertheless, it's out there. Next up. Okay, the Punishers, actors, John Bernthal and Thomas Jane have united in a photo that has gone viral. Wait, now I have to actually open this story. <sighs> so, let's see. Oh, okay, so they were at Terran Tactical, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the, you know, like, uh, that's the uh, the training ground, the, the firearm training ground that uh, a lot of Hollywood stars go to to train Namely, uh, Keanu Reeves, uh, you know, and, and, and you know is a is a customer or a, or a, a person who's frequented Terran Tactical and training for John Wick. So, oh, that's pretty cool that uh, that John Bernthal and Thomas Jane have both shown, were both at uh, at uh, at Terran Tactical. That's cool. Now, the question is why? If well, uh, we don't know what 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 uh, what. Uh, uh, Thomas Jane is training for, but right, you know, Bernthal is probably there for the Punisher, right? That's kind of what I was getting to. Because um, I know Thomas, last I checked, Thomas Jane was on The Expanse, as far as I know, it's still on there, but I'm not sure. And as while his character 
has some gunplay. I don't think it gets heavy tactical. So I don't, as far as I know, I don't think it would be for that. Maybe he's got something else he's doing that that, that causes him to do. Maybe he's just there just for giggles. I don't know. We don't know either one. You know, we, we don't know that. Maybe they are setting up the whole P- Punisher multiverse thing. <laughs> but I doubt that very seriously. So, but that's kind of cool though. It is, it is kind of cool to see them do that. I have still, I think. Yeah, I'm fairly certain. I have not seen all of Thomas Jane's Punisher movie, actually. Now that I think about it. That's kind of one of those zones. If we had a Discord and we was kind of doing movie watch nights, that would, one would definitely pop up, would come up mm-hmm. at some point. So, anyway. Uh, next up. Uh, the Fast Saga will say goodbye to Paul Walker's character, Vin Diesel com- confirms. Which I've read this article and was like, didn't we already do that? Yeah, the- I'm like, we did that already, no? Right. So, and I had to check, the, and I went and checked the date on this, this article. I was like, wait, are we sure we're not going back to Fast 7 or something? Because, all right. But basically it says here that in an interview with Total Film, Diesel T, that Brian could appear in some way in the Fast and Furious finale. He says, he quotes, that moment in 2013 when the world was struggling with his life. Okay, let me stop doing that. Um, <laughs> family. Uh <laughs> The uh, studio made a very bold and righteous and daring decision to keep Brian O'Connor alive, um, notably using his uh, his actual brother for that. I remember because it was definitely noticeable. But uh, I will give you this uh, without spoiling anything. I couldn't imagine this saga ending without truly saying goodbye to Brian O'Connor, In quote. And then it goes into the particulars of Walker's death, which everybody pretty much knows but at this point. So this is going to be curious to see how they handle what and how they handle that. Next up. Okay. Uh, Anna de Armas's ballerina spinoff is unlike any other John Wick movie. So we actually got some some new. Was it re, was it related to this that the uh, release date was uh, provided or the release window was provided in twenty twenty four? I believe that's the case. Yes. Right. Right. So yeah, it's expected to release next year. It officially started filming this past November, and ultimately there's going to be some world building involved, but um, it went, you know, the character went through some of the same training as John Wick in the Ballet Academy of Angelica Houston. That was in John Wick 3, but we end up going into a whole different world of uh, the John Wick movie, a, a whole different corner of the world in the John Wick movies, that is. As they tend to do. And now I remember what I was going to say about uh, Secret of Age, which has nothing to do with the, the trailer itself, but the fact that we had gotten news about the fact that, hey, the, the, the page was up on Disney Plus and had been taken down for some strange reason, but the date hadn't changed. So it's still coming out at the same date that was up on the page that was taken down and that I guess is going to pop back up closer to the time. So this is weird. Anyway, still on the uh, John Wick corner of the universe, John Wick 4 director says that a fifth movie could, wouldn't be a cash grab, um, apparently. So speaking on the Hollywood Reporters Behind the Screen podcast, uh, Stahelski, Chad Stahelski that is, noted that the audiences genuinely want to see more of the John Wick franchise. I honestly thought there was doing a fives, as, we, as we've said before, but who... Uh, here's a quote that says, it's very flattering for them to come back and, you know, say, we want more. 
and it's not a cash grab. It's legitimately the audience wants more. Actually, there's another article out there that basically saying that Lionsgate were, were the ones that want the movies, the want more movies. I think you could pretty much guess why that would be the case, but you know, <laughs> I this is the first time hearing that you know widespread audiences want that, and it could be the case that very much could be the case, but also, you know, might be. Yeah, more of what I'm thinking it is. But it says, um, he goes on to say, I think we all need uh, we all need that little bit of time to go. Phew, let's see what's next. Uh, if Keanu Reeves and I, a few months from now, sit down at a whiskey bar in Japan again and go, yep, we'll never do another one of those. And then all of a sudden go, yeah, but I got an idea. We're open to it. So there you go, folks. Still playing fast and loose on whether we're actually going to get any more John Wick, you know. Whether we need of to course. or not, coming out of that last one or not, is, is still debatable. Right, but at the end of the day, they're not going to close the door. Absolutely. You know, even though even though we, we know realistically, is Keanu up for it? You know, given his, you know, seemingly eternal youth, but realistically not eternal youth. The so. still telling him, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but, and we also know that Sikelski's definitely got work co- go, getting, you know, got work already co- coming down the pike and, and still working on some stuff. So it's not like dude's starving for ideas, but obviously, like I said, the, um, the studio themselves, which actually reminded me of something else that I was going to put in the thing, but maybe I'll, I'll wait until I see something. Um, actually, no, I'll put it in now. Uh, on a side note. Uh, there was a trailer for um, Extraction 2 with uh, Chris, Chris uh, Hemsworth that uh, has been put out recently, which if you haven't seen Ext- uh, Extraction, it was not bad action movie uh, starting him. And we know he's kind of stepping away from acting a little bit because of, uh, you know, you know, um, he wants to spend more time with his family. There is that, because but there's also he- because of, you know. Yeah, well, he doesn't want to get his head knocked around either. So. Well, there is that because of right because he found that he's uh, potentially you know uh, potentially could get um he's susceptible yeah, to he's, getting he's Alzheimer's. More, yeah, he's yeah basically he's more inclined right because certain genetic factors that he has. So that's that's the that's what he's dealing with. So that's a spoiler for that National Geographic uh, series that he was that National Geographic. Yes. Yeah, it was National Geographic. I saw it on Disney Plus. That's what the, the that's the confusing part. But it's on right. Disney Plus, right? And it's on the Plus. Yep. And uh, if you watch that, that's part of the reveal. You know, that's why he. You know, that's one thing that's revealed over the course of that series. Yep. Next up, though. Uh, let's see here. Street Fighter. Street Fighter is jumping back into video game movie fray after a oh god. <laughs> a new live action Street Fighter feature film is in development at Legendary Entertainment. IGN has learned Legendary Entertainment now holds the right the rights for live action film and television adaptations of Capcom Street Fighter franchise. The franchise the company announced this week. All projects from Legendary will be developed in conjunction with Capcom. Uh, the announcement did not reveal any details about an upcoming film. Uh the Confirmation from Capcom came in a tweet released on April fifth. That is yesterday, as the date of this, as of the date of this recording. Mm-hmm. The wow. one, yeah. So one live action Street Fighter has a 
particular history. I know I, I put this up on my subreddit, and somebody was like, yeah, I feel they felt sorry for the, whoever's coming after um, Raul Julia. Like, yeah. yeah. That's, that's a good point. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But also, I agree. movie wasn't great. <laughs> Again, another movie that would come up on a, in a on a movie night if we had a Discord, or if we officially had a Discord, I should say. There, there might be one out there. But also, because Legendary had this, the one thing they could do for me is get this to happen. Uh, not that. God damn it. Never mind. Thanks, thanks, YouTube, for fucking me up. But, um... They need oh, to, no! They need to bring uh, Ken Watanabe back from his... Because uh, he was in um, Godzilla. And he was like... Let them fight. Let them fight. There it is. So... If they do that one thing, I'll be I don't care how bad the movie is. If they do that, I'm all, I'll be all right with it. <laughs> anyway, next up though, um Doctor Who adds two-time RuPaul's Drag Race winner uh, Jinx Monsoon in a major role apparently. The Hollywood Reporter confirmed that the two-time Drag Race winner will have a significant part in Doctor Who Series 4 opposite uh Nikute Gatwa. I hope I'm pronouncing that name right. Uh, my apologies if not. Uh, his doctor who uh, me, though her character's name was not announced and there's a quote here saying that I'm honored, thrilled and utterly excited to join Doctor Who. Monsoon declared in a statement praising showrunner Russell T. Davis or RTD belovedly as some folks like to call him and not the rough, tough and dangerous um, a visionary and brilliant writer uh, adding I can't wait to get into the weeds with him and the crew. I hope there's room in the TARDIS for my luggage. So there you go. Next up. Well, at least Roddy Cat got the Doctor Who and I got the Harry Potter story. Harry Potter, a, a Harry Potter reboot is reportedly coming to HBO as a TV series. Mindy. Why? I mean, you know, are, are the movies that long ago? So only a little over a decade after the release of the last Harry Potter movie, I guess maybe it is. It seems that it's time to tell the boy wizard story once again. HBO is closing in on a deal to reboot J.K. Rowling's seven-book series as a new TV show reported by Bloomberg. Okay. Yeah. So one... would adapt each of the series' novels into a season of television. Okay. Right. So one, I absolutely agree with you because that seems to be the prevailing uh, thought behind this. Why is this happening? Also, I've noticed a disturbing trend lately of similar things happening. Like movies getting turned into shows. Like I just saw there's a fatal attraction show on like Peacock or something happening. I'm like, why? It's the streaming wars, man. I, it's yeah. the next it's the it's the next evolution of the streaming wars because the 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 battle for content has evolved into what can we get people to come back for week after week as opposed to once every few months. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And which was the which was the answer, but still, why? And some of the yeah. stuff that they pick are stuff that doesn't need. Like, oh, matter of fact, I think one the one that started up for me was like uh, Peacock's um, remake of The Killer, the John Woo movie, which is one of my favorite movies. So, mm-hmm. I'm like, why do we need to do that? The movie's perfect. You don't need to do that. Don't touch it. Leave it alone. 
this is the internet. Anyway, moving right along. Wally West's final flash, uh, final flash return is bigger than fans expected. And I'm just going to check, cut, cut this and not even read this article by saying that we are, we know Keenan Lonsdale was coming back to, uh, the flash as his character, Wally West, uh, in the last season. And it's saying here that it's reportedly a, a much bigger than a simple cameo. I'm just going to postulate that it's probably going to be the one to take over the mantle of the flash coming out of this series. I haven't read this. I, I didn't fully read this article, but giving this and what I believe Grant Gustin's uh, original, um, what he originally wanted for the character to happen while it's not going to happen uh, uh, was just put out there recently. I suspect this is the way they're going to go with it, which would make sense because it's not like it hasn't happened like that in the, in the comic books. Next up. So, Adult Swim Superman series teaser trailer debuts a classic Man of Steel. So, Adult Swim debuted the first teaser trailer for this My Adventures with Superman just the other day with a brief 15-second teaser. Uh, and it showed a very classic interpretation of Superman voiced by Jack Quaid. Clark Kent jumps in as his heroic alter ego to save citizens from a freezing death and a scene in the classic pose of ripping his shirt open to reveal his Superman suit beneath. Uh, this is a press release reveals. This is set to come out sometime this summer, 2023. It's, I, it's weird because I, the whole, you talk about the whole, um, shirt ripping go thing, which is a classic star uh, Superman thing to do, but weirdly has me think about the, the Superman, um, nineties, uh, version that came out after, um, after Batman or, was it before Batman? I think it was before Batman, actually. Either way, around the same time as Batman, where you know, and the the in the the basically the, the Superman animated series, right? That that came yeah. out and it had the uh, the the title sequence had them ripping the shoulder over with the horns on you know underneath them, which is still a good show, by the way. Um, it, it, you know, going into Justice League, but uh, it that always reminds me of that, which actually kind of makes me want to go back and revisit that show. Um, of this because I don't think I ever saw all of it. Regardless, uh, we get into no, we get the couple of last bits of uh, DC news here. In that, um, this was a busy week for trailers. In that, we saw the release of the Blue Beetle official trailer. I have seen it. Agent Seventy has not. Um, he said he pretty much said, "Go ahead and spoil it." There's really nothing to spoil it. If you've seen it, it is. It's not bad. It looks pretty good. Um, I was not. I guess I shouldn't be surprised by some. Uh, choices of uh, of, of uh, people to show up in this, I, I guess it's definitely going to be a little bit funnier than uh, some previous DC offerings. It may not go to Shazam levels, and that's probably a good thing. So, for a thing that was originally slated to uh, come out on HBO Max, that's actually getting a theater treatment. Hey, here's hoping it's gonna it's gonna do some something for him, I suppose, and you know, for the character. And it is the Jaime Reyes version of the character, you know, and, and not uh, Ted Cord. So there you go. Next up, Shazam Two: Fury of the Gods arrives on digital less than a month after its theatrical release. Neither Roddy Cat nor I have seen this movie yet, although. 
I do know people that have watched it and they enjoyed it, but they're not like us. <laughs> and... <laughs> a, little, a little more casual, would you say? Just a bit. Yeah. Just a bit. <laughs> so, uh, um, <laughs> uh, the Shazam sequel will be available on early premium digital ownership on April 7th for the price of $24.99. Fans looking to rent the movie will fork out $19.99 to access the movie for 48 hours. And if you want to get uh, Blu-ray DVD or and Blu-ray 4K, it will release physically on May 23rd. So, yeah, it's a little sooner, but guess what? They need to make up some of that money on the budget. Pretty much. Um, also, two things. One, I kind of want a cheesesteak at this point because that the, the the picture in the background. Oh, this is, is coming out. This is available tomorrow. I'm sorry. Yeah. Digital tomorrow, April mm-hmm. 7th. That is correct. Yeah. Uh, but also, which brings me to my next point, is uh, you can find it on digital uh, right now if you know where to look. Oh, yeah. Just saying. <laughs> Been out for a minute, actually. But, you know, there is that. Uh, let's see. Next up, uh, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom release date moves up. I think Agent 70 and I had talked about this after the show because we were looking through release dates for the for the year to, to for you know movie protocol uh, business. And apparently, uh, the previously announced December twenty fifth date, which, uh, as those may know, uh, is Christmas Day here in the United States. Um, is no longer the case. It is now going to show up a week pr- uh, or five days earlier on December 20th. So it says here, moving from Christmas Day Monday to a midweek Wednesday opening, which, yeah, seemed like the right choice to be. All, this article also notes that apparently the musical remake of The Color Purple, was, uh, which was previously scheduled for December 20th, have been swapped for Aquaman's spot, which means they're definitely trying to... I was going to say they're definitely trying to kill that color purple by putting it on Christmas Day, but I also know that people absolutely go out, um, or at least used to go out to the movies on Christmas Day. So I, I, I rescind what I was about to say. But I still think they are. Anyway, there you go. We're... I think it's probably likely when we get to that point, we may possibly be on movie protocol for Aquaman. I, I'm not entirely sure at this point. Uh, you know what? We don't know yet. Yeah. I mean, I, that, that's one of those ones I need to see a trailer. Yeah. You know, like this, I don't have the strongest reaction to it. You know, I, I don't really know. So. I mean, the first one's good. You say. <laughs> Indeed, like the first one was good, but like I, said, I still need to. I actually need to see something from this one to to to, to go forth. Next up, though, all right, Heels season two has drafted uh, an Arrow star and even more CM Punk. So while speaking with TV line, Stephen Amell was asked if he could share any teases for the second season of the wrestling drama, and. Uh, Amel uh, revealed that Heels will definitely have CM Punk more involved as heel indie wrestler Ricky Rabies. Additionally, Amel hinted at some surprise faces, including one from his Arrowverse days. Okay. 
Oh, that was him. That's right. I saw. I watched the first episode, the first season of uh, Heels, and you, for somebody who's not a wrestling fan, I actually enjoyed it. Um, Good. And I totally forgot that. Yeah, I guess that was CM Punk because that character that that was mentioned has shown up already uh, in that thing. So, does it say who in the from the Arrowverse? No. I got to open the article again. No, don't don't bother. I got it right here. I just don't just. Uh, no, I just kind of okay. Whatever. Yeah, just the tease. It's just the tease. Yeah, no, it's, it's fine. Uh, I'm just. I was kind of curious as to who. I'm glad you enjoyed Heels. I have yeah. not watched, but yeah, season I, one is now available to stream on Prime. So that's a good time. Okay, yeah, because it's a star. It's now a good time. Yeah, it's yeah. now a good time to try to watch that. Yeah, yeah. That on Prime. Anyway, next up, I'll put it on my list. <laughs> Uh, the shoe. Yes, 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 yes. One moment. Uh, wait, so you did the Fat Albert story? No. I did no, not. I did the heel story. No, I thought I did that. Okay, whatever. Sure. Um, oh, because you did the Aquaman story. Oh, yeah. Um, well, great. I get the sad news. Uh, Fat Albert Transformers animator Leo D. Sullivan dies at 82. Um, he's any award winner winner who has contributed to uh, cartoons, including the aforementioned Fat Albert Transformers and My Little Pony. Apparently, um, let's see. Sullivan's wife um, Ethelin told Hollywood Reporter, Reporter that he died Saturday of heart failure at Kaiser Perma, uh, Permanente West uh, Los Angeles Medical Center. Um, oh. In addition to those um, uh, aforementioned animations that he attributed to, he also created the classic locomotion, the locomotive opening to Soul Train. I should say Soul Train, Ah. but I just did that. In addition to producing commercials for Jamaican advertising agencies, Sullivan also managed supervisors for animation studios in Asia, according to Hollywood Reporter. So, yeah. I... I wasn't. I did not know too much about the person who was responsible for 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 that uh, for the local, the Soul Train commercial, or that you know, um, any of this other stuff. Because I actually I remember watching Fat Albert a whole lot when I was little. So and I never didn't actually pay attention to the animators as much as I do now, thanks to I guess more to anime. So um, condolences to his family, and um, I hope there's a story about him. Uh, because it seems like he has a. Uh, according to this, he's 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 been on a lot. Actually, he's got a lot of credits in this article of stuff that I definitely have watched when I was little. So, mm. anyway, that that is that. And condolences to his family. Um, next up. So I did not watch this trailer. Oh, you! But sure I did. happened to look at like a couple of snippets because I follow certain people on social media. Mm-hmm. And I knew some people were in it. I knew that Simu Liu was in it. And that's where I saw parts of this. And ultimately, what we find out is that there are several people playing Barbie and there are several several people uh, playing Ken as in different versions of each character. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this trailer still only gives the barest hint at the movie's plot, but it appears to at least partially take place in a plink 
in a pink plink, in a pink plastic town or country of Barbie land where all Barbies and Kens live harmonious pink plastic lives with the occasional beach off notwithstanding. <laughs> Good lord. Yes, that is that that is that's uh the, the trailer comes by. It is it's it's a fever dream. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I call it. It's probably the more tamer of of a fever dream, but it's still a fever dream personally in itself. And actually, this thing kind of blew up because in addition to this, which I don't know if this article kind of um, uh, mentions, but there is also um, a, a site that they opened up to where you could make your, you know, how they do with certain stuff. Like you could make yourself into a Barbie poster or something like that, like they do for, for movies or something like that. And people have been kind of running wild with it the last um, couple of days, so it's been a whole thing. But and but as Agent Seven said, yeah, there's a lot of people in this in this uh, damn thing also. So it's yep. it's yep, crazy. Yep. Definitely get the chance to watch it if you if you haven't already. Even if you're not interested, you know you should, you should check it out. I've seen some people be like, okay, I wasn't interested in this none whatsoever until they saw this trailer. So that's saying something. Um, now we're going to go into the, um, anime corner, we'll call it. Oh, you want to play the other one? You know, honestly, which wasn't sure which one you were going to do, but the first one would probably. Be I played it. all three. Yeah, uh, but um, I think the first one that you played will probably be more apt in a, in a minute or two. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Uh, but first off, Scott Pilgrim anime ordered by Netflix with original film cast. This kind of came. Um, this came while we recorded. We we're recording last week, and I didn't get the or not. Was it last week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last week while we record. At least that's when I found it. Um, uh, so that, and I didn't get a chance to, to mention it there. So here we are here now for those who, you know, know about Scott Pilgrim versus the world. It is definitely a comic book character, a uh, comic book movie, uh, because it is definitely based off of a comic book, but also has some notable now noticeable, now notable characters in that, that you would know from, uh, DC and Marvel universe property comics. I mean, uh, movies also. Uh, still a good movie, despite a couple of things that a little that's a little uh, in it. Nevertheless, the the original cast, including uh, well, yeah, the original cast is getting back together to do this anime thing, which I feel like brings it full circle. Because if I'm not mistaken, from the the, the original comic book uh, graphic novel stuff was kind of almost anime inspired. So it's just it's just bringing it all back together. So I'm actually. Good, you know, whenever this comes out, which I don't think it says here uh, with a time frame, but no, Edgar Wright says here getting out there about it. Uh, nope, no, no word on when actually this is going to uh, uh, happen, but nevertheless, it's happening and the whole cast is back, including uh, Kim, the drummer who we have seen recently in Star Trek Picard. Or I guess more recently in Star Trek Picard, which was funny, to, which is amusing to see. Next up, next up, Disney Plus announces a major anime simulcast. So, 
Uh, Disney Plus and Hulu are getting a, a major new anime in the spring 2023 anime schedule as they have announced that a simulcast for Heavenly Delusion is on the way. So Disney and Kodansha recently united for a huge new partnership that will make Disney Plus internationally and Hulu in the U.S. the exclusive streaming home for each of Kodansha's new anime adaptations for the foreseeable future. We've spoken about this in the past. Fans have already mm. seen the results of this effort with seasonal releases such as Tokyo Revengers, Christmas Showdown Arc, and now a new anime has been announced for worldwide streaming later this spring as fans were anxious about checking it out as soon as it hits. And that is Heavenly Delusion. It's going to premiere in Japan on April 1st. So it's already premiered. The English dub release will follow at a later date. But a simulcast confirmation goes quite a long way for fans worried that they would have to wait the Heavenly Delusion anime's full worldwide debut. So it's on now, right? I believe that is the case, yes. That's cool. I guess it's something to add to the list. Well, wait. Yes, 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 yes. So it premiered in Japan already. So I assume it's on. It is in. It's on Hulu now. Yeah. Okay. Because I don't. I don't have Hulu at this moment, so I couldn't. Ah, I can double check for you while we do the next story. But I was just going to say that yeah, Disney Plus and and well, Disney Plus and Netflix and other territories are more interestingly stocked than it is here in the U.S., particularly Disney+, Plus, but right. definitely those other ones. So if you have a, a way to, to, to check out some of that stuff, hey, you may want to do yourself a favor and do that. But yes, the next story is... Boink. Oh, yes. Exciting new trailer for Demon Slayer, Swordsmith Village Arc, has uh, been released now... Um, before Agent 70 rubs it in that he has seen the first couple of episodes <laughs> of the the um, the uh, the arc already uh, is going to I'm just going to say that uh, it's soon actually that it's going to be uh, actually on Crunchyroll and Hulu uh, it is coming next week on the 9th actually excuse me in three days on the 9th uh, and then will be released on Netflix on May the 1st so it won't be longer long now until the rest of us start to see what uh, Agent Seventy has started to see. Can't <laughs> wait! I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it again. I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it as well. Actually, and I, I think I told you this one time uh, previously. Like, yeah, I almost. I, I think they had another showing that I almost went to, um, but I did not. There's been a couple of showings. It's like, man, that that whole unlimited um, movie thing has been kind of tempting lately, but still not done. So yeah, looking forward to that. So we'll probably, at the very least, mention it next week in next week's show that we've saw the first episode. So there is that. Next up, yeah, I don't see this heavenly delusion thing on Hulu right now, but I I I don't want to jump to any conclusions. Right. So. Uh, we'll look after the show. All righty. Next up. Uh, Mashley magic and muscles is gearing up to take over the world. This spring as one of the many new anime arriving as part of the new wave of spring 2023 anime releases and Crunchyroll has revealed exactly when fans will be able to check out the first episode of the Mashley anime. Uh, let's see here. It's going to be available for streaming on Friday, April 7th, tomorrow, as of the date of this recording, um, at 9.30 a.m. Pacific time for fans in North America. Okay. 
Yeah, and so uh, sometime tomorrow, later in the morning, later in the day, for the people on the East Coast, you'll be able to watch Bashley Magic and Muscles. Yep, yep. So I'm curious about that one, but not as curious about something that's coming up uh, in the, the next section. Uh, Digimon Adventure 2 movie English trailer has been released. Uh, says here that uh, the 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 casting characters of the cast of characters from Digimon Adventure 2 are coming back to, for a new movie, all of their own, and a new English sub trailer has been released for Digimon Adventure 2: The Beginning. Uh, a few years ago, Digimon just celebrated its 20th anniversary of the long-running franchise, and I guess it's still going. I'm not sure. Uh, well, I guess it is because I know that those those tri movies came out and whatnot, uh, kind of end of an era type situation. But it says here that um, the new movie will be bringing back the original characters and cast from Digimon Adventure for one final adventure that ended their story once and for all. Uh, it was all teased here. It was all teased that older versions of the Digimon Adventure Season 2 cast would be revisited again someday and that's finally going to happen so um, I guess that's the, the the for those keeping track that's the, the rest of the original crew uh, that folks saw on the original Digimon, in other words the, the younger of the uh, the younger of the kids who grew up, I guess they're ending their story because they did definitely end the the, the the two main older folks or the, some of the main older folks already. So there is that, uh, is there a word of when we're going to see this? No, it's not, but it definitely confirms here that it's taking place after that last, uh, Digimon, oh, Digimon movie that, uh, makes it into some of the older folks' story. Next up. Are we rolling over into, uh, manga comic book news? We are. Uh, Alrighty. And you know what? I'm just going to throw this in too. Alright. Uh, new Food Wars Kuroko's basketball authors each launch a new manga in Shonen Jump. So this year's 18th issue of Weekly Shonen Jump revealed... That uh, the 18th issue that is revealed this past Monday that story writer Yuto Tsukuda and artist Shun Seiki will launch a new manga titled Tenmaku Cinema in the magazine's 19th issue on April 10th. The manga will center on a movie loving high school student named Hajime. Okay. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, wait, did I keep that audio from when I had, from when, um, Agent 70 watched Uncle Roger watching an episode of Food Wars. <laughs> I think I still do, but I don't know if any of that is probably... That's so funny. ...needs to come out, but it was... it was. I, I still... Like, I gotta just sit down and subscribe to Shonen Jump just so I can read, you know... It's 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 so cost-effective, folks. It's like $1.99 a month or something. They're not a sponsor, just, again, uh, a, another tool... Yeah, and I'm kind of grieving with him um, for a slightly different reason that is going to come up in a second. Uh, Abrams Comic Arts... uh, This is not it, by the way. Uh, Abrams Comic Arts to begin publishing manga in the fall of 2024. So apparently the, uh, the folks at ICV2 reported that Abrams Comic Arts, which is an imprint of Abrams Books 
will begin licensing manga uh, and other international titles for release at the aforementioned fall 2024. The imprint will become a full division of the company. Um, right off, let's chat. We'll head Abrams Comics Arts uh, division, and some other people are going to be also involved. No word on any books that are going to come out of this imprint to to start off with, though. Well, at least not in this article. So, next up. Okay, uh, are you ready for more solo leveling? It's been a hot minute since the hit webtoon put out new content for fans but the franchise is not yet done so an anime is on the horizon and let's see here so uh a new teaser for solo leveling sequel has come out and uh it's a new story and let's see Oh, yes, it's all in Japanese. Love it. So it's set to debut on April 10th in South Korea through Kakao. No, it's Korean. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, I'm looking at the text. I'm like, no, that is Korean. Yes, and I don't have my phone to translate it, which is just fair because I'm sure they, they did that. Um, but, yeah, solo leveling, I, I I think I, what where did I stop? Like 25, 26? But it's still pretty good, and I can't wait for the anime. And I would definitely do want to um, check out... Even though it's like well past, I think it's like a hundred uh, chapters or something, or close to a hundred chapters at this point or something. I can't remember, but it's it's a lot out there already. Um, so also, uh, Age of Seventy. I'm seeing here on this on, on the side of this uh, article that Heavenly Delusion may be anime's next uh, Attack on Titan. That's what this article says. I mean, that's what this article's title says. So I don't know. <laughs> Will that be the case? And will Agent Seventy end up watching it and repeating it like he has with that in the Haikyuu? Haikyuu. Yeah, Haikyuu. Um, we'll come to find out at some point. Uh, next uh, up, though. That's so funny. All right. Uh, all right. So, wait, 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 no. It's your story. My, the My Hero story is your. Is oh, 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 oh. I mean, if you want to take it, go for it. All right, uh, My Hero Academia has taken an unplanned hiatus from Shonen Jump. So unexpectedly, it's going on a one-week break. But guess what? The, you know, uh, Horikoshi, the creator, you know, is dealing with some health issues. And ultimately, you know, we have to worry about this guy's health so he can finish the damn story. Let him finish the story. Be patient, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, realistically, is is, is less for the fans like granted yes fans are rabid in that and that but even they've gotten to the point where they understand it's the people that are driving them <laughs> that are, are pretty much pushing that that have been pushing this kind of stuff so yep. hopefully he's, he's able to get better and he can uh, as agent Seven says finish the story because we've heard we have seen one too many and or heard of one too many anime deaths or excuse me anime manga deaths mm-hmm. due to it being overworked uh, and with that, Invincible Artist pins Uzumaki crossover. So Ryan Notley apparently um, drew. Excuse me, hold on a second. Yes. 
Oh, so basically, Ryan Notley drew some Juji uh, um, Ito inspired um, uh, work because of uh, the anime adaptation of Juji uh, Ito, Ito's, excuse me, Uzumaki that is coming. So uh, I don't know if it's yes, it is here. So there's if you're watching the video version, you can see uh, the tweet from Ryan Notley. Um, that says uh, a Juji Ito Uzumaki inspired Invincible commission that was done at MegaCon. So, yeah, there you go. Cool. And looks like the for those that are not watching the the video version, it's basically, um, uh, oh shoot, what's this character's name? Um, well, it's Mark in the back, but I can't remember the the girl character that is up front. Uh, who is this? Also love interest. Um Adam Eve. Uh Eve, that's what it is, I think. Uh, so there you go. Next up. Next up, Marvel revealed a new Fall of X promotional image created by Brian Hitch and colored by Alex Sinclair at MegaCon Orlando this past week. So the image sees Charles Xavier kneeling down in a field of seemingly dead mutants, including several mutants we know. It's very reminiscent of some promo images we had from Fall of the Mutants. <laughs> so now mm-hmm. it's Fall of X. Mm-hmm. But also announced um, that, you know, it, all, like together with this advertisement slash promo image, X-Men, Wolverine, Invincible Iron Man, Uncanny Avengers, X-Men Red, X-Force, and Immortal X-Men are going to tie into Fall of X, as well as some new titles, including Astonishing Iceman, Children of the Vault, Dark X-Men, Realm of X, Alpha Flight is coming back, and Uncanny (laughs) Spider-Man. Appear to be new series launching soon. Creative teams and further details have not yet been announced, but Megacon was literally this past weekend. Right. Yeah, the Alpha Flight one was the one that was like, wait, what? (laughs) Right. Um, also, well, we we already knew this. They aforementioned uh, Uncanny X Men because I think that was also that the uh, that was announced at. Um... Oh yeah, Uncanny Avengers, right? There were a few of these books uh, announced at New York Comic Con uh, this past fall. Correct. The major this event is going to kick off the summer, July twenty sixth, twenty twenty three, with X Men Hellfire Gala number one. Mm-hmm. And coming off of that, which probably doesn't necessarily need to be uh, said, but kind of a teaser as to one of those books. Um, Marvel may be teasing Spider-Man joining the X-Men with, uh, again, the aforementioned uh, um, uncanny uh, Spider-Man book. So, according to this article, uh, who's taking some liberties here and saying that we can infer from this that Spider-Man is involved in these Fall of X and that his role is significant enough that Marvel is launching a whole new series to tell that part of the story. As it seems unlikely, Uncanny uh, Spider-Man will replace Amazing Spider-Man in Marvel's publishing line. The uncanny adjective uh, has often been used to imply a, kind of, a title's connection to the X-Men, which is true. Um, the the soon-to-be-relaunched Uncanny Avengers, for example. Further emphasizing the significance of this new Spider-Man series in Fall of X. Whether anything this article is saying uh, comes to comes to bear... We shall see. Next up. 
Okay, so yeah, this story has some spoilers for what happens in Spider-Man number seven this week. So we won't talk too much about it, but there is the reveal of a character who apparently has been long lost, but is now is found, not exactly blind, and now sees. It's not Amazing Grace, folks, but it is a new supposedly long lost character comeback in the pages of Spider-Man. And basically, Marvel announced that this character will serve as Spider-Man's long-lost sidekick. Yeah, again, going back to the Batman Superman thing I was talking about earlier. But also, I guess uh, the way they the the way they couched it is don't call it a comeback. He, he's been here for years. Oh, no. <laughs> Next up, though. Um, wait, was that right? Okay, nope, that was right. Just making sure. Wolverine gets a new Ghost Rider crossover and potentially fiery new look. So the funny thing about this is, if I'm not mistaken, I think I saw this on April 1st, which is April Fool's Day here in the States. So I wasn't really sure whether to take this serious or not. But apparently it, uh, it just happens to be actual news that actually came out that day, I guess. So... Um, but yeah, it says here, it looks like from the January solicits, or not from January solicits, but um, in January 2023, Marvel announced Ghost Rider Wolverine Weapons of Vengeance, a four-part uh, crossover between the two uh, the two characters, which we have talk, definitely talked about, uh, and both series being written by uh, Benjamin Percy at this point, uh, with uh, interior art by Jeff Shaw and covers by Ryan Stegman. Uh, this is basically goes into the fall of X panel that from mega con, uh, this year in that, uh, apparently hits that Logan transforms into a ghost rider himself. So there you go. Uh, snake bub, uh, penance there, all of that next up. All right, Marvel reveals X Force's surprising new leader. Okay, so it's gonna it, X Force is gonna have a, a surprising new direction, and it was revealed at MegaCon uh, at a panel that um, Big Shiny is gonna become the new leader of X Force. That is a big te- that is a, a pretty big spoiler, but ultimately, I don't think they've resolved yet. The underlying story that has been running through the pages of X Force and uh, Colossus. Uh, so you know that must be part of the impetus of uh, this particular leadership change. I guess so. And if I'm not mistaken, neither one of us have really been keeping up with X Force as of late. Yeah, not as of late. Ever since they brought they brought Deadpool into the book, I kind of tuned out. Right. Same. Uh, Netflix, the little Netflix, the X Men return to Days of Future Past with a prequel series. Uh, pardon me, as I, uh, I was about to say something, but uh, you know, um, there we go. Ads help help sites, folks, but sometimes it's ridiculous. Um, so yeah. X-Men Days of Future Past Doomsday is a new four-issue limited series from Mark Guggenheim and Manuel Garcia, which is going to launch in July 2023. It's set 
before the events of Days of, Fu- Days of Future Past storyline, the, uh, the, the two issues uh, of uh, X Candy, uh, excuse me, Uncanny X Men, um, uh, one forty one and one forty two, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will show mutant kind's struggle to survive in the apocalyptic future brought upon by the Sentinel program. So look forward to that. Next up. Marvel has revealed Iron Man's new stealth armor and the next Marvel legend to come out. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I mean, that's the whole point of these armors, isn't it? You're not wrong. I throw mutter. You know, <laughs> <laughs> there, there, speaking of him, there was a story about that, but we didn't put I didn't put it in the lineup, but whatever. All right. All right. So as part of uh, Fall of X, as uh, you know, as we said earlier, um, Iron Man is going to play a part. And uh, at Megacon on Sunday, Marvel unveiled a new stealth armor for Iron Man. And, um, you know, some people some people might even think that this looks a lot like the uh, infamous Iron Man armor that Dr. Doom wore when he was running around as Iron Man. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's it's different. It looks very MCU, to be honest. But uh, you know what? You know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Also, kind of slightly reminds me of uh, Spider-Man's um armored uh one of uh, spider-man's armored uh suits that was kind of the the black and white one uh oh, excuse me the well i guess the, the white one with the black uh the, the black trim i guess that was kind of armored uh that i can't remember where from regardless yeah it was a thing so now we know why uh well i guess we know from recent uh issues of um invincible iron man that he's definitely been um well, and that in the last Hellfire Gala that uh, Tony's been attached to some folks you know, on the mutant side of things, including the next uh, issue where um, Emma Frost comes into play uh, mm-hmm. against uh, one of their lesser effective foes, I guess. <laughs> I don't I want to say that because he actually got a foothold, but that's not, you know, that wouldn't be fair to him. Regardless, so I guess that would kind of explain why he has a part of Fall of X is what I'm getting to. Anywho, Animals Assemble for Marvel Snaps April 2023 uh, season, which has started already now. I'm sure Agent 70 is glad I got this one and not him. So, uh, Second Dinner uh, shared details about what players can expect from the new season and a developer update shared to the game's YouTube channel. I actually remember watching this. So, basically, uh, the longer short of it is... uh, as the name would apply, the animals of the uh, Marvel Universe um, are getting a little bit more focused. Uh, some of which are already out there, like Lockjaw and uh, Cosmo already are in, in the game whatnot. Um, Hitmonkey is coming into the game as the uh, the Battle Pass card. And um, I think like Goose is also coming in. But also the non oh Stagron also is coming into the game. And Jeff the Shark is also uh, coming into the game, whose card seems to be a very interestingly... Uh, I'm, I'm sure that one's probably going to get some play. I'm very sure. But also a non-animal snow guard is also entering the game, who actually turns into animals, so, but that's, that's beside the point. Uh, and um, 
with the ability to change while you uh, change forms while in your hand. So look forward to all of that. and a couple of new locations also or or have or in here as of this season, which is again has already started as of this recording. So a few days before this recording. Excuse me. Next up. So in interesting news, you know we've learned that. L- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin, is getting the video game treatment. But on the heels of that announcement, you can pick up a hardcover copy of the original graphic novel for a discounted price at Amazon. So guess what? The original comic was $29.99, but it's now just $19.29. Holy cow. Yeah. I mean, it was good. We liked it. Yeah, we definitely did. So, um whether they needed to go back into the well, although I see I, we know why they did. Um, that remains to be seen. But nevertheless, it was great. So I, I, I can totally understand. But uh, yeah. yeah, and you on the... Hardcover, and you can put it on your bookshelf. I was just saying it's a hardcover. You can put it on your bookshelf. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, now I was just going to just go um, go along with that, um, finish up with that um, the video game part of it, which... Uh, in relation to this, is, well, apparently Polygon broke the news in that, um, uh, yeah, they're making a, a, a ten, another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game based off of The Last Ronin. Uh, it's going to draw heavy inspiration, according to this article, from the God of War franchise and similar action games, which, again, not a surprise. So, But not much else is known about that, so there is that. Next up, mm-hmm. though... Um, DC Universe Online drops electric key art. Release date for a Static Shock-centric episode. I have not messed with that game in I don't know how long, but apparently, not the not the not the album, but I think I've seen one classic material playing that game fairly recently, or or formerly known as uh, classic material, I should say. Yeah, it's um, OJ Purple stuff now. It is. It is. So. Episode 45 is called Shock to the System, as said, and CBR apparently has a first look of the, the of new key art, uh, some of which you can see if you're watching the video version. And uh, it seems that Eben, uh, which is a villain that was introduced in the animated Static Shock series, uh, looms behind them with his shadowy form, stretching out to surround them. So I guess he's going to be the big bad of that episode. And also with, uh, in this episode, I guess, Rocket um, uh, is, is in here, who's another Milestone character who also you know, tied to Static in kind of a way, especially from the recent, uh, uh, recent comics. Well, I mean, I guess originally in Milestone also, but I think they kind of went away with that. So it can, this uh, article kind of goes into some... Uh, other stuff like the addition of Dakota City and kind of goes into what the uh, the episode's going to be about. I'm actually almost kind of curious to to uh, hop back on this game and see about it. So even though I hadn't played a game since forever, but we'll see if that's going to ever happen. Next up, alrighty. So the first woman to draw. Wonder Woman wants you to know that she's alive and well in San Francisco. So cartoonist and author Trina Robbins, the first woman to draw Wonder Woman, began reading at the age of four, but she began drawing even earlier. So today at age 84, she's hard at work on a pro-choice benefit anthology. Good for her. 
Yeah. Yeah, this is a nice little story. I just started skimming it very quickly. And, uh, you know, that's you know that's great for her. That, that's really nice that she's still at this creating art. Yeah, definitely check it out if you get a chance. It's in the show notes. Uh, so that's why I had to throw that in there. Uh, Supergirl's newest, whoops, newest power proves that she's fundamentally different from Superman, as if that wasn't already apparent. And apparently this is a spoilers for The Monkey Prince number 12, which is now on sale, but also ties into that whole Lazarus Planet thing, which I don't think either one of us has been reading. So... Uh, it seems that they're in the said book, DC teased a new change for Supergirl, uh, and that it appears that, uh, some events going into that story has her powering up, apparently, that she's, she's, she's possessing a, a, a better power. I haven't been reading that book, so I have no idea, and definitely have been reading uh, Lazarus Planet, but, so I assume this is something that's going to uh, reach out through the whole uh, universe going forward, so I guess we'll see. Next up. Alright. Sorry. Uh, Batman has been dismembered by a terrifying new villain. So this is kind of spoilers for this month's, this week's Batman issue, which I did read. Uh, ultimately, yeah, it's a little shocking what happens here. It's, you know, this is spoiler. This is hardcore spoiler territory. Hmm. But I will tell you that ultimately... Uh, you know, we'll see if there are any lasting uh, repercussions and ramifications from this story. But this has proven to be a very different, like, kind of alternate universe take on Batman. So, hmm. Uh, DC resurrects spoiler, and she's getting married to the Flash. That could only be one of two people, and one uh, one of them was already married. So, um. Uh, this is again spoilers for the Flash number seven sixty seven ninety six. Excuse me, that is out this week, uh, and coming from that one minute war story arc the situation. Um, oh, apparently, um, hey, guess what? Barry Allen, you know who he's tied to? Apparently, something happened to something that something uh, something happened to someone that was tied to him, but apparently they're back and now they're getting married. I think you can fill in the blank from there. Next up. Uh, let's see. Next up. Gail Simone is returning to Red Sonia with a new novel. <clears throat> so she's returning to the world of Red Sonia uh, as announced this past Wednesday via io9 that Simone will be penning a new Red Sonia story a decade after first writing the character in Dynamite Entertainment's comics. So instead of the comic, as I said, it's going to be a novel, a prose novel, and it's going to be published, uh, if it stays on schedule, in the summer of 2024. Cool. Last but not least, this actual news came from, uh, well, shout out to one Matt Wang 97 who, uh, oh, I just noticed he was actually on this GoFundMe, um, who, who sent this story to us. Um, so basically a, let's see, a museum called the Hall of Heroes was broken into 
um, March nineteenth. The um, the the place set up has, has uh, suffered some serious damage because of this, and um, a lot of stuff was stolen. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, kind of messed up. But basically, a GoFundMe was set up for this place for the store uh, to to kind of help them out uh, with this. And you can kind of read about all of that uh, in the in the article if you are if you want to uh, give some money to uh, you know help them out a little bit. They they have a pretty big uh well a fairly sizable goal to get to uh of which they did uh they're kind of just scratching the surface on so you know if if you're in the um you know if you can't help do so if you feel so inclined i guess and that folks is uh the end of the news uh can we get one last ad read all right our last ad read of the night you know what we read when it's been a long show help keep our podcast free by shopping at amazon Visit cspn.us, then click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment. It helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. These shows are never long. How dare you? And with that, folks, <laughs> <laughs> they they flow like the breeze, sir. I don't know what you're speaking of. Um, but yes, folks, that is the end of the show for this week. Um, we will be back next week for a, another show. Some more Mandalorian, some more uh, Picard, some more books. Some more fun and merriment on some more news, books, and all that kind of good jazz. Uh, whoa. With that, uh, I am your host, Rydicat. You can find me at Rydicat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter. You can find me at uh, CBCaps on Instagram. Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. PC and underscore Dirt on Twitter. PopCultureNet on Twitter. PopCultureNetwork.com is all the number of the sites therein. And of course, last but never, never, ever, ever least is Tim D O G G nine eight on Twitter, CB Cron on uh, Twitter, which is the Comic Book Chronicles uh, Twitter account, uh, the Click Nation on Twitter, that's T H E K L I Q N A T I O N, and theclicknation.com. But of course, most notably and most importantly, uh, he's over at comicbook.com under the name Timothy Adams, right in his face off. Go check man's stuff out. Give him some some clicks and some right. That actually read his stuff. He's actually pretty good. We're not just saying that because he because we know the dude. Um, you can find us on the Coastal of the Podcast Network. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. You could also find us on your podcast proposal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. For both the podcast and the video show, make sure to hit like and subscribe and leave us all the five-star positive reviews. Yeah. Uh, and with that, folks, this has been the Cumber Chronicles. Peace. 
Peace one. Oh, my time is up. Peace out to Brooklyn.